Hello, and welcome to another episode of Campfire Coders. I'm your host, Austin Cameron. And I'm Jesse Leet. Also a, a host, by the way. Co-host? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Do we just start with co-host? Do I rudely just say host? I don't know. Uh, no. <laughs> I, I don't think you're rude. You're, you're, a, ch- you're a chill guy. Yet. <laughs> Yet. Yeah. No, I'm... Uh, okay. So... Today, we thought we would start with talking about some podcast meta things and explain how a couple of noobs like us have learned a lot about this whole podcasting thing in a measly two episodes so far. So, Jesse, (laughs) do you want to start? I mean, where do we start here? I don't know. I mean, my I I think I was getting some uh, slight imposter syndrome and just, you know, you hear everyone else's podcast and you're like, man, they sound so good. Like not just like the topics and the conversation, but then also the mic levels and the quality of the audio. And you start getting nitpicky and like looking at equipment and all that stuff. And I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but I was before I was talking, I had the first episode, I had a really low level. Then the second episode, I was like talking over the mic like this. And then I realized that if you talk into the right part, it sounds a lot better. <laughs> yeah. So naturally, Jesse and I were, you know, first episode or what we will probably dub episode zero, folks, if you have made it past that, congratulations and thank you. Also, but the, the audio, you know, Jesse sent me his audio and I was like, wow, it's really low. I, so I had to kind of crank up the gain in post so that we were sort of close in level. And we figured that out by episode two. And then naturally, we both, you know, we're noobs, but we want to strive for the high quality. So we were nitpicking our own audios and trying to figure out what what could kick it up that little notch. And uh, as you said, there was, yeah, there was almost a little echo or something. It's really subtle, mm-hmm. really subtle. But <laughs> it's it was as simple as, yeah. Listeners might not care, but I don't know. As soon as like this, these are the sorts of things that stop you from publishing cool things, right? You get working on a project, whether it's coding or whatever it is. And instead of focusing on the project, you start worrying about all your editors and your workflow and, and all the things that don't matter. You know, you build the auth first instead of, which obviously we're all using Laravel. We get all that stuff for free, but you build all the things that don't matter instead of the thing that's your your business or the thing that you're excited about. And then by the time you get to the thing you're excited about, you're burnt out and done and ready to cancel and delete it all. <laughs> right. Right. And in terms of audio, I can it kind of blew my mind yesterday when you reached out and said, "Hey, I figured I figured it out that the last little piece for me was just changing the position of my microphone." <laughs> yeah, just talking to the right end of the microphone. The fact that it was that simple is crazy. But in terms of imposter syndrome and that, we could we could talk about that for a lot of time. At least I feel I could. Um, that there's, there's a lot of ways we could go. And Jesse, you had mentioned to me that it feels like it's you know a series of humps. You kind of crest one and you're feeling good and then you go down to the bottom. And I would like to dub this the roller coaster effect, personally. <laughs> you know, you get on a roller coaster, you go up maybe the first little hill, you're feeling good and excited about your new roller coaster ride and you go down to the bottom and you're like, whoa, okay, that wasn't so bad. And then you start climbing the big hill and you're like, ah, I wish I could get off. Maybe this is a pretty big hill. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, unless you love roller coasters, I haven't been on one in years. I do love them, but 
Not to mention, you- <laughs> you're, you're looking at the other people on the roller coaster having fun, and you're like, you know, they're, yeah. they're doing it right. And what am I doing wrong? And then you start comparing yourself to others, which you're not supposed to compare yourself to others, right? They've just ridden the roller coaster before. Yeah. <laughs> turns out. <laughs> Maybe it's their second lap. And so, yeah. And then, you know, you go down the big drop and you're like, woo, that was fun. But then before you finish out the ride, there's kind of this, yeah, the roller coaster effect. That's, I always think of it as a series of humps too, is my point. Yeah. Um, hey, well, well the, might as well start out with the that podcast meta and show people that we're just big hacks and we just want to have fun and, and talk. The point is, folks, we're learning the audio just for you is should be even better in this episode. And <clears throat> we will get to talking about more technical coding stuff someday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So we have, uh, I, I think, you know, podcast meta wise. I mean, on that note, we're always open to listener suggestions, I would say, because that would be fun. But we have a whole list, laundry list of other topics. I'm trying to open up the document. Laracon, that's a big one. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk Laracon. I I had a different uh, sensation about Laracon this year. Obviously hype and excitement, but I had a lot of FOMO because I had everything booked, was ready to go, and very unfortunately got some news some bad news about one of our dogs who the wife and I do not have kids. And I know people are like, Oh, the dogs are like the kids, but they really, yeah. Dogs are like our kids had some bad news. And long story short, I had to, I had to stay here and care for one of our elderly dogs and it couldn't really, it just didn't feel right to leave. And in hindsight, it was absolutely the right decision but naturally, I had severe FOMO, and I <laughs> just—I was bummed mainly because I was stoked to go hang out with a bunch of internet friends, and you know, yeah, just dude it out. <laughs> so yeah, no, I understand it. I mean, the thing is, is you know, some people might not be dog people, but you've you've had your puppies for years, and you know, so they're family to you, and uh, that's a sad thing to go through, right? So, but we missed you at Laracon, yeah. I'll tell you that. So. Well, I don't know. I was excited. I was. Ex- we, we've been talking a long time, so I've been. I was excited to, to hang. So, yeah, Jesse, and for for the listener out there, Jesse and I have never met in person yet. Uh, yeah, we've yeah. been friends for quite a while, and I look forward to next year's Laracon, and and also hopefully Flat Camp. I'm not. I can't speak if he's going to be there, but I'm going to try to go if that <laughs> happens again. Nice. I had a wedding that week, <laughs> which is like a yeah. I had a wedding that week, so that's why. I, but I'm looking to make next year my conference year. Conference so. year, cool. Yeah, Laracon was good too. It was uh, this was my second one. I forget. Have you been? I went in 2017. And yeah, it was transformative so. for my. Uh, not not. I mean, in a lot of ways, it was transformative for me in an inspirational way, mm-hmm. and and also yeah, a community way. I think that was the the seed that started me networking more so in the Laravel community. I think I, yeah. And I mean, that was also, um, Kentucky first time there. So right, that was funny. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was, that's cool. I, I had watched from a distance and, you know, watched the talks online and that kind of thing. But my first one was, uh, New York in, was that 2019? I Is think? that the one where, 
Is that the one that I saw pictures where Jack had the CRT? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was. Working. I'm so bummed I missed that one. Yeah. So actually, that that that's a cool point. Um, I work for Statimic, and so Jack McDade is an is an 80s 90s boy. He's especially, I don't. Know, he's steeped in the 90s culture. So he, he brought for our Statimic. I love that. I love that. By the way. Yeah. <laughs> so for our uh, Statimic table, I guess you could say our little booth table. He said, "I'm going to bring a my old tube TV and a Super Nintendo and some Street Fighter." Turbo, and we're just going to play with people outside of the uh, the conference venue. Like we were kind of out in a hallway in the like, uh, what do you call it? It was like um, Times Square PlayStation Theater or something. Oh, um, so cool! And uh, the the there was like the theater area, and then outside of that, there was sort of like a foyer slash hallway where all the booths were set up. So, so yeah, we're like walking downtown Manhattan, um, just. Sidewalks, you're just like swimming through crowds. Um, and there's, you know, the odd kid who's looking at this guy, Jack, pulling a CRT TV on a dolly cart through That's crowds of people. And these kids are just looking at it like, you know, mom, dad, what's that? <laughs> that is a, so. that is a man who is doing a boss move right there. That's yeah. So cool. He was, com- he <laughs> was committed. It. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. So, yeah. uh, and this Laracon was, was also really good. Jack couldn't make it this time, but, um, I went with, uh, Jason and Joshua, um, two wonderful guys I work with and we stayed in an Airbnb together. Um, I don't know. We hit up some good Nashville food, some Hattie B's hot chicken. Okay. Okay. Right. That? Yeah. I, so I've had Nash- Nashville hot chicken, but never in Nashville. Mm. So I don't know if that makes me a traitor. Um, we have a, a chicken place here in Bozeman. I think, I don't know if they're from, they might be from like Memphis or some other where place near in the general region, but they have, it's a really good chicken place here and they have Nashville hot chicken that nice. I like to get. Cause I like spicy food anyway. Yeah, I, was so, gonna, I was just going to so ask, Hattie do you like spicy? Yeah. Love spicy food. Yeah. Um, which gets me in trouble sometimes. It was, it was pretty spicy. <laughs> I don't like the really spicy stuff. Um, you know, often I'll go for uh, a medium, sometimes a hot and I was told that Hattie B's was fairly spicy. So I went with a medium and it was, it was, I, I, it was decent for me, but I don't think I would have wanted to go hot and they had levels above that. I forget what they're called. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so it's funny people are, uh, you know, we heard that was a place to go. Uh, And then the Uber driver, one of our Uber drivers was just like, Oh, don't go to Hattie B's. You know, that's the touristy stuff. Like you really got to go to this place or this place or this place. But those uh, love those recommendations from people. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there was a cool, they had good food at the venue too. Um, I don't know who organized it, but Taylor and all of his, uh, peeps, they, they had like barbecue chicken and some salad and just a bunch of good stuff there. Um, also I had tried, uh, in the airport, I tried to shake shack. I'd never had shake shack before. Do you I, know those out where you I, are? I don't believe we have any in Montana. Okay. So they're pretty good. Uh, so- I have to short segue here because this reminds me of something that has come up. So I'm from Montana. My wife is from Denver, Colorado area. Yeah. And in Denver, being a big city, they have all sorts of these chains. And Speaking of chains, sorry to interrupt you. Do you have a no, Montana's, okay. like a Montana's grill house or whatever they're called? We have a Ted's Montana grill house. Is that? No, probably not. I don't know. Ours we is literally tents. called like Montana's. That's the b- big sign on the front. Like <laughs> steakhouse, grill yeah. house. Oh, okay. I don't, 
I don't think we have one of those. No, yeah. I mean we have like there's like a Ted's Montana Grill. I think Actually, Wyoming has one too. When my wife and I were first married, we uh, like the, our wedding night after leaving the the church, we went to a Montana's. She was still in her wedding dress, and all the people Amazing. in the restaurant were <laughs> watching us eat ribs and steak in our wedding attire. But yeah, that's incredible. Probably, I, I don't know how legit the Montana's food is there, but <laughs> well, like yeah, I was trying to think if if. We don't really have like a Montana food, uh, probably beef, I guess. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, no, but so my wife being from Denver for for years, they'll all like look at something and be like, what is that? And she's like, oh, it's it's just a chain. And I'm like, what do you mean? I've never even seen one of those, you know? And so Shake Shack <laughs> was one of those things where I thought it was like not a chain at first. Right. And then someone told me it's a chain and she told me it's a chain. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And she's not That's a huge one fan of, of chains. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so how was it for you? I've never had one. Still. Oh, it was, yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah. I thought they were just shakes, but they have like good burgers and fries and stuff too. So yeah. See, I thought it was just shakes too for a number of years until she told me it was burgers, but yeah. So. Cha- chain burgers. Yeah. Okay. So. And, and then we had uh speaking of all this food, uh, so there was the after party. They Laracon did the big after party, but then, um, and that was at a you know a cool like three level bar on Broadway or whatever. And it was very it was very fun, but it was very loud. There was like you know you're yelling at each other in the same booth. And uh, ah, one of those. Yeah, okay. I couldn't believe how many bands there were. I mean, I knew Nashville was a music city, but it was just like you know band on the first level, band on the second level, band on the neighboring rooftop. You know, like you look across the street and you can see like six or seven other bands and you can hear them all kind of overlapping each other and Oh, and then everyone's trying to have conversations on top of that, yeah. I assume. And oh, and it's no. and it's okay. funny cuz like it's you know, country music capital, you have, you know, that stereotype of like you know, cowboy hats and cowboy boots and you've got it's like sweltering hot Nashville weather and yeah. you're, you're in the city. You're not like in you know, rural Texas or something like that. And you have these, you know, maybe like a fifth or a quarter of the people out on the street in, you know, tight jeans and cowboy hats trying to look the part and all this country music playing around you. It's pretty cool. Oh boy. Loud. So I fit right in. I don't own a pair of cowboy boots or a cowboy hat, but I did ride a horse yesterday. Nice. Yeah. You look more like a, (laughs) uh, you you look like a drummer. But (laughs) I hair. It's the hair, huh? Yeah. You could do the cowboy thing though. That's cool. So, uh, yeah, and then stat- the second night, Statomic, our Statomic little crew, organized by this wonderful man, Christian, uh, he brought or he brought up the idea, why don't we all, just anybody who's interested in Statomic or wants to hang out, that, you know, we met, a few of them we met at Flat Camp as well earlier this year. Um, why don't we have our own little after party the second night? So we went to this cool little Italian pizza cocktail bar, uh, and they had a really cool little patio, and we just chilled. It was really cool. So. Oh, awesome. Mm. That sounds that sounds fun and relaxing. We, but we missed you. You could have been there with us. <laughs> I, I would have been. <laughs> Next year. I would have been. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I had my trip that, you know, it kind of is convenient that I had to cancel uh, in the in the realm of I was going to be in and out. Like mm. I was going to get there like way late the day before and then fly out like late the evening, the last conference. And so I or the last speaking day, I suppose, the last day of talks. Yeah, it would have felt rushed. And so I'm looking for, you know, a day or two on either end or both next year. And I look forward to meeting our four and a half listeners by then there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
So, which is which is yeah. uh, you, me, your wife, my wife, and our pets. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> yep. One of our coworkers might give us a pity listen every once in a while. Too. Yeah, that's cool. Thanks, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, and gals. I, I don't know. Can't presume here. Yeah. So yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I can understand the FOMO. I I thought of you a few times, just thinking, oh man, you're missing out. But uh, the, yeah. to- the talks were really good too. The that was one thing I was really impressed by was uh, this is only my second one, but just having seen all the you know online talks and that kind of thing. Um, there's always some talks that you're really interested in, and always some talks that you're you're like, ah, I could pass. But like this one, right? Um, I caught most of them, and uh, just because the way that the venue was, there wasn't really booths outside of the 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 theater part. It was also oh, in okay. one big room. So um, I don't know. Just it just lent itself more to just hanging and watching talks and talking in between. And uh, yeah, the talks were just all so good. I don't know, like they were. I've, they were. I can't. I couldn't pick favorites. They're all so. So good, yeah. I still haven't watched them all. Like I, I did like a live stream where I watched Caleb's and Taylor's because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I wanted the state of the union, so to speak. And then uh, naturally, I mean, I love Livewire, so I was like, I gotta see. And I, I intentionally, I like skimmed the new Livewire doc site when I like the week or after it got released. Mm-hmm. But I intentionally didn't look into it a ton until I had watched the talk because I was like, all right, let's hear it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Let's see what Caleb's going to introduce. And his talks, I know he puts so much time into them. So it's, uh, yeah, I was excited for that. But I haven't, it's been a busy week getting back to normal here for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. And so I haven't watched all the other talks yet, but I'm going to. Yeah, I have to, there's still I'll a few. i stream it too. There's a few I still have to catch up on too. Yeah. The few that um, I missed, yeah. I mean, because here's the on, thing. Here's the thing, right? Like you, you go there, and there's all these cool talks. But um, I think it was Jake in the North Meet South podcast, their post Laracon uh, episode. I was listening to, and he just said, you know, you go for the talks. Um, and the thing is, is or sorry, you don't go for that. You go for meeting the people. The talks are like you can always watch those online. Um, yeah. And so it's just you know you kind of want to keep that in mind. Like uh, Jake and Michael there were just talking about the the things that you're gonna really look back on with like fond memories of is the relationships and meeting people and having good conversations and making some new connections. And you're obviously like the energy of the talks is really cool. Um, the energy. Yeah. I was going to comment on that because yeah. that's why I remember from the the one Laracon that I've attended was the energy was just, yeah. and that's what was, it wasn't like the talks content the meeting the people very inspirational, but the energy all combined everything together was mm-hmm. so inspirational to me. Yeah. So there were some really good tech talks, you know, like the the prompts by Jess Archer. Yeah, obviously you mentioned Livewire uh, by Caleb. The inertia. I missed the inertia one by I think her name is Diana, uh, Diane, Diana. Um, so I want to catch oh, up yeah, on the, that one. Yeah, yeah. That I want to catch up on that one. But uh, State Machines by Jake Bennett was really good. Um, the oh yeah, the I don't know if I'm saying this right, but the Laravel precognition precognition talk by Timmy Mac. Timmy McDonald was really good. Uh, yeah, there was the native PHP and the herd talk, uh, which is, I guess, Marcel. Um, I don't know. It's pretty cool stuff that he's doing. The, he's yeah, he's always he's always magical in yeah. whatever he's doing. It seems. Oh, it's pretty Marcel. Impre- yeah. You're a it's champion. In, it's impressive. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Steve uh, Stevens, I think it was called "Think Like a Hacker" talk. Uh, it was really cool. It wasn't. 
so much Laravel specific, but he was just, you know, showing examples of like cross-site scripting and different things like that. Really neat. Those talks freak me out. I know. And make me want to go scour like old code bases that don't even matter to just oh, yeah. see where I've made We're, horrible, yeah. horrible, unfathomable security yeah. mistakes probably. Like we were, we were all sitting there excited about, you know, like, so Jess is going through her prompts talk, which like, uh, for example, was, you know, we're all just giddy because we're just like, oh, where can we use this in Statomic? You know, we're looking at each other and whispering to each other, Jason and Josh yeah. and I, oh, we could use that, you know, oh, that's a cool field type that they've got in the terminal. And her whole talk, by the way, got to mention this, it was in, uh, it was completely in Vim. Like she didn't have slides. Uh, it was all in the terminal, all of her slides and all, all that was in Vim. Her, she had like terminal animations and all this stuff. Have to shout that out. Um, but then you get to that talk by Stephen Reese Carter, and instead of being all giddy, you're just like, "Oh no! Like I got to go back and make sure that we're secure." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's everyone's worried. You get to just sweat. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But it was fascinating though. Like it was just I don't know. All the talks were really good. The tech talks, and there were some good non tech talks too. Like um, Susanna had a really good talk just about sharing knowledge and how we're all sort of at different parts of our journey. You know how like when you're first learning, whether it's PHP or Laravel or whatever, and you, you're you stuck on the simplest things, you don't even know what terms to Google versus someone maybe later who's responding to a comment on a forum or in a Discord or something. And they, they're already like miles ahead of you. And so the, I guess to sum her talk up, it was just kind of about trying to speak to someone's level without knowing what their level is, like trying to be polite and you know start. I think one of the, her, the key tips I grabbed from hers, which was really good, was start. Instead of like doing a big blurb of an answer and then and then at the end having a little TLDR, start with the TLDR. And then if you want to yeah. expand on it, then expand on it. But when you're answering someone, that's a really good tip, right? Is just start with the TLDR and then then maybe throw out, you know, the code example or the docs link or whatever you want to do. Um, you've you've yeah. gotten me very excited to watch this one because and I think that's uh, so I I haven't watched the talk and I only have you know the little picture mm-hmm. of it that you've just painted. But we were talking about imposter syndrome shortly or a little bit ago, and remembering that you we all know more than we think we know, and what seems basic to you or I, who may have been coding for a while is not basic to someone who's just trying to break into stuff. Yeah, totally. And I think about that a lot like well cuz we were there at one point and and even yeah. now even these days sometimes you feel like you're googling for stupid stuff. You know, I should know this already, right? So Yeah. So trying like to someone, yeah, trying to think about like where they're at, trying to put yourself in their shoes a bit. Someone asked me, you know, recently like, "Oh, why why do you like stream coding stuff?" And I'm like, "Well, I I do it so infrequently now that <laughs> I'm not sure why you're asking, but, but also they, they were kind of like, what's your goal? You know, you're trying to monetize this thing. And I was like, no, I mean, no, I, I don't stream for that. I stream because I enjoy for one, the community aspect, but for two, mm-hmm. I just want to be able to share some of what I know with the world and, and help people. Yeah. So Open call, folks. If you got a big scary problem, you can watch me struggle with it publicly if you just DM me on Twitter <laughs> about it. I'll try to help. I mean, yeah. we'll see. And a lot of us just struggle behind closed doors, right? That's just the right. way that's the way it is. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. I don't know. I respect that, you know, being able to it, turn on a stream or, you know, in this case, we're hitting record on a podcast that we're 
some days excited about some days not sure <laughs> i i have been right? very excited and i am very excited still yeah. about the podcast i think yeah, and, uh, another we go up from here yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah, i don't know what else was there i guess a, f- a few more stick in my mind was the ben orenstein's talk was really cool uh, it was more just perspective from a founder not that i I might not have aspirations of being a founder specifically. You know, everyone has their own. Some people are more entrepreneurial, some are, are less. But um Ben, wait, what Ben's a tuple guy, right? Yeah, tuple. Yeah, he was at with Thoughtbot okay. before. Um and he just We're sort of talked tuple right now. We Thanks, are Ben. Yeah. Thank you. Um so yeah, his his talk was really good, just kind of from a, it's he, he, like he was a dev, he's a Vim guy, you know, and I had followed him for some of his Vim, Vim stuff years ago. Uh, now stuff. the truth comes out, yeah. Jesse. He, yeah. uh-huh. He's a Vim guy. I yeah. see. That's all that matters, honestly. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Um, but uh, yeah, a dev's perspective starting you know, a company. And, he, and I guess Tupel was kind of cool because it came along just around COVID and the remote work. And so like he, you know, that was good timing for him, but he also shared a bunch of his mistakes and a bunch of, you know, don't don't do these things. You know, these are mistakes that I made. That was really cool. Um, and then I think I think the big talk that everyone's everyone's talking about is Aaron Francis's talk at the end, which he finished off the day or finished off the the uh, the event with a really good one. It was a more of a motivational thing about publishing your work, um, which again speaks to our imposter syndrome in publishing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I still uh, haven't watched that one. I still yeah. haven't watched that one. Oh, dude, it's, I, it's good. It's a everyone's yeah. recommending it though. And Aaron puts so much care into the quality of everything that he does. He does, yeah. Um, which I think that also comes with putting in the the reps, right? Like mm-hmm. we all want something to be high quality. Mm-hmm. Maybe he speaks to this in the talk. So I mm-hmm. I am naive in the fact that I haven't watched it, but in my mind, it's it's we all that's that's a stumbling block I have run across, and and maybe this will resonate with other folks, but you want to do something that's high quality. And so you try to start with there. And if it's not like the utmost quality, you don't publish it. Mm -hmm. And I think it should be the other way. I think you should publish, not to say that you should just be like, whatever, I'm going to publish anything like you. There's, there's a way to still strive for quality and, and then just accept that you may not be at the high level at the start. And that's okay. People love to see the journey too. I do. I know like I resonates with me a lot more mm-hmm. when, when I can go back to the early YouTube channel videos and see that, you know, maybe they don't have animated transitions and the editing's not as good. And I actually love that. Mm-hmm. It's iterative, so, right? It's it, exactly. Yeah. Which is like easier said than done, right? Like we, we're all in, in practice, we're perfectionists about the thing and we don't release the thing or we're too vulnerable. We're afraid of failure, but I mean, you want to be, you, you, you want to be iterative so that you can, you start with something and then it can only get better and you get excited every time you iterate. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, he talks about this in the talk. I take it. Uh, yeah, I don't want, yeah, I won't spoil too much, but it's a really good talk. Um, I guess, you know, his point was that you see everyone's, I think his biggest point was that you see everyone's uh, successes but you don't see their failures. It's like, you know, someone's social media feed, you know, you see their perfect yeah, pictures. Instagram reality. Yeah, type exactly. Of, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, so true. Uh, you know, he makes a point about, you know, a picture that he has on his, on his uh, Twitter 
for example. Uh, I'll let you just watch the talk. It's really good. Um, but yeah, just that the, the only way you have successes is not that you have to have failures, but that's part of the process, but is if you publish stuff. If, yeah. you, if you don't put it out there, it can't be good or bad. It, it can't be anything. If you want to have luck and fall into something good one day, then you have to be able to put stuff out there so that you have opportunities, right? Yep. So, And I would say in my limited experience, it is if you put something out there, generally feedback's usually good. Mm-hmm. And not not to say that like what you've done is good, but you know, besides maybe Reddit R slash PHP, you know, <laughs> people are pretty um pretty encouraging community-wise, especially in the Laravel community, which is mm-hmm. great. But my point the point I'm trying to make is that if you do put something out bad, it's easy to get like the knee jerk reaction is to get discouraged about it. Right. Like maybe you're like discouraged. You're like, Oh, I worked so hard on this thing. And then like it got two upvotes and no one likes it. And this guy on our PHP said that I suck and Laravel sucks and all this. <laughs> and so, but really it, and you have to take people like that with a big grain of salt, of course, but if there's bad feedback on something, it doesn't mean you've done anything bad. It means that you've just been given an opportunity to A, make it better, or B, make your next thing even better. Yeah. And, and a lot of people will give constructive criticisms too. And maybe there are things you didn't think of. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Yeah. And I don't Absolutely, have a great yeah. example, but <laughs> I, should, I should have an example before I, you know, stand on this pedestal and <laughs> try to give thought leading advice, which I'm not doing. Let's be clear. No, it's true. No, I, I mean, everything is easier to easier uh, to talk about than in practice, right? But yeah, that's that's wise. That's good. So point yeah. is, don't get discouraged, folks. Keep going. And that's why I like, like I said earlier in, in the podcast, just put in the reps. And that's that's what it takes a lot of times is mm-hmm. consistency is usually the hardest part, at least for me. Mm hmm. And it's okay to like, you know, there's seasons in life where you got to take a break from something. Uh, you know, you might be Aaron's the maximum effort guy. So he might be putting in, uh, you might not him specifically, but you might be in a season of life where you're head down working extra hours and evenings on a passion project. And then there's other times in your life where you don't have the passion for it. And that's okay. Maybe, you know, you want to uh, chill and spend some more time outside or you know that kind of thing like take advantage of uh the roller coaster but don't get dragged down by the the roller coaster like you just got to put stuff out there so yeah 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 and you shouldn't yeah that's something i've done a lot where i'll kind of like burn out on something and then i'll pressure myself like oh i haven't published content and then it then next thing i know it's six months later and yeah I haven't published anything else and i then i'd like i'm hard on myself you know and, yeah oh we're totally speaking to ourselves here yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't be though. You shouldn't be. And I don't know. Maybe the solution to that is just talking about it publicly like this and it's inspiring a little bit. So yeah. and I will say, well, here's a good example. The audio, far from perfect on our first episode, or episode zero is what mm-hmm. we're I think gonna call it. Mm-hmm. Uh but we're gonna hit publish on that sucker today. Yeah, we were <laughs> 
we were trying to encourage each other and just say like, yeah, do we, do we re-record it? But in the back of my mind, I'm listening. I'm, I have Aaron Francis playing back in my head. Like, no, that's <laughs> you can't just redo every bad thing that happens. So just just push publish and just move on. You know, and um, and you were saying the same thing. It's like you know, it can only get better from here. So let's just keep running with it. And 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 I mean, to be fair, to be fair, um, it, there's like an aspect to. Um, when you try to re-record something, I think especially with audio, the first time it's it's organic and you know you have a, a real conversation. The second time, then you're kind of following a script, right? So yes, one thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. You know, if if you want to, if if you're coding something like an implementation, and something doesn't work out, and you got to redo and, and refactor something, uh, there isn't like a a record button going. You know, you just Put your head down and you do it. Um, but that's, I think, what's new to us with the getting all meta. That's the kind of what's new to us with, <laughs> with the yeah, podcast. Right. It's like, we don't know what the heck we're doing here, you know? So just push record and it's embarrassing already. It's only been, what, like a couple of weeks? And we look back on the first ones and it's like cringe, but we're just going to push publish on it and keep going. So we sure are. And I'm actually, I'm pretty proud of the strides we've made so far. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, like um, talking into the right end of the microphone. That's pretty <laughs> monumental. I've had this thing for like yeah. four years. <laughs> Your coworkers are going to rejoice. They're like, wow, did you get a new mic, yeah. man? <laughs> well, not to mention the fact that in the first episode, oh, this is me getting vulnerable again. In the first episode, I mentioned how I once had aspirations to get into like audio engineering. And here I am, I can't even figure out like a $150 microphone. <laughs> it seems to me that audio engineering, yes, there's the technical side and you can be taught you know, basics, but it seems to me... The best people are are really good at fiddling with yeah. with it until they get whatever it is they're looking for sound wise. But now this is coming from a speaking of being a hack. Um, you know, I am a wannabe. Definitely, I don't want to even say wannabe musician. I just like to play instruments and learn about them. Yeah, and I really really enjoy it. And sometimes I plug into GarageBand and try to record stuff. And so I'm a. I feel like a total hack. Though I'm like I don't know what even half of these terms mean, but I, yeah, you know, put it on loop and do a guitar track and play some drums to that or what vice versa. And no, we're like the same person there. Um, we're people we're fiddlers. Have, yeah. I, I used to teach, I mentioned this in the first episode, but I used to teach uh, music for a time to young kids and people ask me, you know, Oh, what instrument do you play? And it's like, well, I play a bunch of them, but none of them. Well, you know, I spread myself thin <laughs> Yeah, oh, and, yeah. Uh, but it's just, you know, it's an enjoyment thing. Um, yeah, it's, 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 uh, soothe. it's good for your soul to, to, if not everyone's artistic, but to just put your head down into something like that, where you can try to be creative, even if it's just by yourself, you know, alone in a room. So, yeah, you know, and something I've learned this year, don't be afraid to take a lesson or two folks. Oh, it yeah. has been transformative. I've been just maybe a since I'm usually a self-starter and kind of a independent learner type of person my whole career. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you've been taking lessons fairly recently, right? With Yeah. Drums. So I've been being bad at the drums for a couple of years now, probably. I mean, on and off. It's like an on again, off again thing, you know. And I, could, I got to the point, so in September of 2021, I bought an electric drum kit again, kind of a nicer one. Um, 
And unfortunately, electric, because I live in suburbia, and I don't think my neighbors would love me. (laughs) No one likes learning or listening to anyone learning the drums, especially. Like practicing, it's not fun to listen to, especially as a neighbor, and you're like, okay. So anyway, I spent, you know, September 21 until the beginning of this year, just teaching myself again. And I got, it's called Drumeo, a subscription to that, which mm-hmm. is awesome. They have like a song, they have like a song thing. Do you know about this, Jesse? They have a, I, I, I think it's actually, it's a Laravel app. Almost oh, really? positive. Oh, yes, cool. because yeah. I used to get an error and it was a Laravel stack trace, I think. I don't know if it's contracted. I think they are based out of maybe your area somewhere. So the, the owner of it is a Canadian guy. Okay. Jared. Yeah. Jared, I do, I do follow him. Uh, I think I I think I was signed up to Drumio years ago, like in his early days. So, but I don't play have, enough now. So they have yeah. this thing now where it's called songs, and they I don't know if they got the rights to the sheet music or just wrote them all themselves or what it works. But they have like where they had like built this player app where mm-hmm. you it will show the YouTube video kind of in the corner, and then the sheet music like the full drum kit sheet music for songs and then shows like a red line, you know, like the, the playhead. Right. And so I taught myself to do that, you know, like I kind of did some of the lessons, but had horrible technique and was getting, you know, uh, what's it called? Like tennis elbow. Sure. I can't, can't think of the actual name for it, but you know, I, 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 think, it's, I think it's a drumstick elbow. Yeah. Yeah. I called it fish <laughs> fisherman's arm too. Cause I went to Alaska last fall and it got really bad after i was fishing for a week straight very hard and Mm -hmm. in like record rains up there last september or or october whenever it was but any anyhow they they so i taught myself to do that i don't know why we're talking about drums now forgot but we the point is oh take lessons so i felt that i was learning on a really good pace i hadn't really plateaued i mean i was learning stuff really fast I could play a handful of like full songs and was feeling good, like things that I'd always want to be able to play. Now, I wasn't doing like the fastest Blink-182 songs that I still aspire to play, but but I could play some stuff and, and felt good about it. And then I started taking lessons at the beginning of this year and have realized I knew nothing for one. And for two, I've been doing it all wrong. So learn unlearning those bad habits has been taking me probably longer than anything else. I mean... Yeah, I, I've been playing drums ever since I like drums was the first instrument that I learned. I've got one behind me here, but I don't play enough. And I'm always inspired by you because you're like, Hey, I was just jamming with a buddy and I'm like, I didn't, I haven't played for like (laughs) three or four weeks, (laughs) Um, sometimes months. But um, of all the instruments that I don't play well, drums is the one that I, I started the earliest, but as far as how many lessons I've taken, I've taken way more guitar lessons. I took like, I think around eight years or something of guitar lessons. And so with drums, I feel like the big hack that does everything wrong. Like I probably have the worst technique. (laughs) Well, we can trade lessons now. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I I should look to see if I can find a a local teacher and just to, to have, you know, to have someone to push you a little bit, to give you like, uh, you know, maybe practice deadlines or something to work towards and say like, Oh, you know, for the next time you come, I'd like to see this, you know, that could be a motivator. Do you find that? That, I'm so glad you brought this up. That is, I would say the number one reason to take lessons is Mm -hmm. if you find, 
like for me, I didn't play a ton of team sports. I did a little bit like, you know, basketball in middle school and, and whatnot, but I was really into snowboarding and like skateboarding in high school and, and kind of stopped playing team sports. Cause I was like, Whoa, definitely not playing basketball. Cause that's, that's snowboard season. Like I'm going to yeah. be doing that, you know? And, and thankfully I had a dad who was really, really supportive of, of that. He used to drive me up to the ski hill all the time, which is like 45 or an hour drive. And he drove you up the ski hill. Well, you know what I meant? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. We, our car was good, but not that. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I mean, he would drive me up there and drop me off and then go back home. And then, you know, it's just like, what is that? Like four hours of driving a day. Nice. So thanks dad. Like always be thankful for that. But so I never had like a one-on-one coach and that was something that I never even really considered until I started taking lessons this year was the not even pressure, but just the expectation of the teacher that you're actually going to practice every week. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess it is pressure a little bit. That has been so powerful for me um, because I would practice, I would use the metronome and do that stuff on my own, but the expectation of progress, even if just a little bit every week has done more for me in six months here than the previous year and a half. Right. And also, I mean, also learning technique from the ground up, like, okay, I have a drum question for you. Bass drum, bury the beater or no? (laughs) Uh, I think that I played like my, again, it's the old, it's the longest instrument that I've been playing with probably the worst technique. So I don't know if I'm the right person to be asking, but <laughs> well, this um, is a divisive topic for even it is, drummers. It I've is. Learned, it's so. yeah. It's like the whole like dark mode versus late mode thing, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe yeah. that's what we'll segue into here. But I, I think just being a hard hitting, you know, rock metal playing, you know, I remember in high school, we, I played in a band with a bunch of guys had a blast. Uh, we sucked, but we played like yeah. we did. We did uh, Deftones and Tool and Incubus covers and stuff like that. And um, I think I just—I don't know if I was the hardest hitter, but I think I just buried that beater into the bass drum well, all the time. And now uh, I, I went through a phase where I went—I I listened to a lot more mellow music. Um, I don't. I'm kind of all over the place with styles, but um, sure, me too. Me too. I don't know. I just there was a guy that I followed on YouTube who was. I was never a huge Zeppelin guy. I respect that he was one of the greats, John Bonham. But um, this this YouTube guy was was big on like teaching um, John Bonham's technique and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. well, Bassdrum is well known for that. Yeah, but not well not just known. technique. He had I don't know if he's still on YouTube. Like his videos weren't well produced or anything. But this guy could play. Like he was a nobody. He he didn't have a huge audience. But he had this like two or three video series on how to tune your drums to sound like John Bonham. And oh, cool! I always thought Bonham, like even though I'm I wasn't a huge Zep head, I just thought his he had really good like rock sounding drums, like really, uh, yeah, just really good sounding toms, like a really booming bass drum, just a wicked sounding bass drum. And um, so to, I'm like, I don't know how to. I've got an acoustic kit, so how do I tune these things to sound like that? You know, my bass drum always sounded super flat, and I had you know overstuffed with pillows and everything. Yeah. Um, but then I, I learned a lot from uh, just, you know, listening to some mellower music and watching videos like that about tuning drums so that they, you let the skins resonate more. Uh, and so part of, you know, the bearing the beater conversation, you know, 
is that sometimes it depends on like what part of the song you're in, I think, or it depends on what kind of song you're playing. But sometimes you want like a more open sound and so you got to pull it off. Sometimes it's, I don't know. Yep. If, I get it. If you're like into the whole like double bass metal stuff or something, you know, having that more of like a, a thud, like a, it doesn't ring out. It's just like a, a really quick thud because it's all about the style. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, Yeah. Now we're talking about drums forever. I don't know how we 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 segued into this because I said I started taking lessons and don't. This yeah, this is what the no, podcast whatever. is going to be like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's called it's called so, uh, Campfire Coders, but I don't know anything goes. We'll I talk guess. about code someday. Yeah, I mean we we, we allude to to coding. Uh, any anyhow the the burying the beater was a loaded question because when I bought this kit a couple of years ago and got back into drums and like. I I love playing the drums. Like it's my number one hobby at this point. And I, I love it. Like it's just very fulfilling to me. And not that I like to just hit things hard. I'm learning turns out hitting things soft is way harder to do. Uh, <laughs> but but the I have a friend from back home who's a pretty good drummer. And he he that was like one of the first tips he gave me was like bury the beater. Just right. doesn't matter what other people say, just do that and like you'll find that that's fine. You know, that's like what he does. And he's like, I was like, he's a good drummer. He must know. And so that was my bass drum technique. And then the teacher has completely taken that table and flipped it over on top of my head. And he's yeah. like, he, he'll yell at me and not, not in like a mean way, but he'll yell at me, like scream, don't bury the beater. And I'm like, that, that's the one that's the, been the hardest habit for mm. me to break. Interesting. And he's, my teacher's like a jazz guy. And so, but, but it makes sense. You know, you don't, hit the snare drum and just leave your stick on it. Yeah. You you hit it and bounce it and let it rebound. So yeah. The not that I mean you can do both ways and tons of great musicians I'm sure bury the beater. Like right. a lot of those punk guys definitely do and I I like a lot of that music and but it's I do think it sometimes matters how you tune them though. Like again this oh, bass, yeah. this bass drum behind me um this is the this on when I went through that tuning escapade I got rid of the blankets. This guy was big on just having a, cause like, it, especially if you're bringing, and I'm not gigging, but if you're gigging with your drums and you're bringing them everywhere, you got to set up the blankets and pillows just right. You're, you're playing with it, trying to get the right amount of dampening. And this guy was just like, what if you had no like floppy dampeners inside your drum and you just literally have a strip of felt on the front head or the front back head or depending on how much you want to dampen it. It's pulled yeah. tight. It's you know that it's a super old school way of doing things. You can buy all these fancy dampeners, but he was just you know a strip of felt. Love and, that. And when your bass drum becomes more open and boomy, and you can hear it resonate a bit, suddenly that whole like bearing the beater versus letting it ring thing is way more apparent. Like you wouldn't have noticed a difference on on my old kit, the way I tuned it. But sure, I don't know. Yeah. I think if 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 you tune your bass drum to be a little more open, then you notice when it's buried and when it's not buried. Yeah, right. I'm I'm sound wise. For for more than one reason, but yeah, particularly sound and getting the best sound out of the drum. I'm on the don't bury the beater train now, yeah. and mainly because I'm trying to convince myself of. Well, yeah, I think it's a sound thing, but yeah, this is cool, man. <laughs> what did what do we hit today? Uh, Laracon, uh, podcast meta, and not using mics properly. Uh, drums. Yeah. Pretty solid, pretty solid episode. We got a Vim um, a Vim mention in there. I feel like Vim has to be mentioned on every episode. Oh, so. okay. I think next 
well, it doesn't have to be next episode, but I keep, anytime Vim gets mentioned, I really want to dive into that topic because just like we did in the first episode. Yeah, I do. I do actually, because I want (laughs) to, I mean, (laughs) there's part of me wants to try it fully as an editor and I never have. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like I'm pretty good at Vim better than the average bear that doesn't use Vim as their main editor. Um, however, I've never like dove in and been like, all right, I'm going to go Vim only for a week and, and right. Done that. But I want to, I want to learn about how you came to be a, a Vim master. And I'm calling you that because you it's use not Vim. true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I'm I a, you're going to say that. I'm a, a master is not the right word. I'm a Vim. I don't know enthusiast connoisseur maybe or is that cocky sounding i don't know i'm i'm nah i'm excited about vim but I, yeah we we can do an episode on that sometime uh, my big thing is just use what you love i don't know people that know me know that i love to troll on the internet <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. i love the, i love the editor wars and i love the language wars but really uh i think if you're in an environment that you're excited about like if you're if you enjoy using your editor, it's just going to make you enjoy uh, working all that much more. You know, it's not necessarily about efficiency all the time. Like people think, oh, you know, do I really need those extra characters per second? You know, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the cool little things you can do in Vim. It's not really about that for me. There's, there's other reasons. We can go into another episode, but yeah, um, I just I'm feel like you, you, you got to use what you love. You know, and it's if a if a piece of tech makes you excited, you know. Uh, then that 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 says something, right? Because that w- might get you fired up. You know, your work is work sometimes, and so to be excited about things is a good thing, right? I mean, uh, for example, I might love to bash on React and microservices. <laughs> this will likely be a running theme. However, if you like that stuff, good, use it. I'm not going to be upset. I think it's awesome. Like a lot of the stuff that these React guys build, and I mean. There's a reason that React is so popular. It's not my thing, mm-hmm. but I, and it, and that's the thing. When I if I bash on that stuff, a lot of it probably comes from just not using it and not being within those ecosystems. But at the same time, a lot of it is like a, a bit of it is sarcasm. I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah, just use what you love. It doesn't matter. <laughs> if we're honest, though, how much of you know when 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 I say we like as a programming community. Like everybody in the tech community, how how often do we bash other pieces of tech or languages or techniques or whatever purely because we don't fully understand it? Oh yeah, hey, that's rampant <laughs> for sure. Yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm probably guilty of that sometimes. So yeah, I mean, I try not to. Like I like on, you, on you, stream, I'll I'll make fun of React, but that's just a running joke. Yeah, at this like, point, like because really, because I, I don't know it, because I don't know it. Yeah, but if if but if you find that it's that you, that you enjoy using it. I mean, use whatever like with editors. Use whatever editor you love. You know, Vim may be the best text editor, like period, objectively speaking. But <laughs> <just kidding. laughs> I know uh, I was about to crack a VS Code joke, but well, there you go. Yeah, we could do a whole. Yeah, I'm sure all of these sorts of this would be a good I do topic. Want, yeah, I do want to get into Vim, and I'm going to write up some more specific questions for you that I think are more interesting than, than like, hey, do you use Vim and what plugins do you use? Like, I actually don't much care about that. I, I have some 
I have some other ideas for the Vim episode. Sure. Well, Vim could be uh, like anything. You could split it up into like two categories. There's like the Vim text editing and motions, and then there's the Vim ecosystem and config. Mm-hmm. Uh, two totally different topics. It's like when you're, my wife jokes around about this, you know, if you collect books and you read books, like reading books and collecting books are two completely separate and unrelated hobbies for some people. <laughs> so you know true. I mean? So true. Yeah. So, yeah. Or, or keyboards and keycaps. I mean, Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Had to building, bring it back. Building keyboards and actually being productive on them are two totally separate things too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Well, you've, you've inspired me to go f- carve out some time and watch the rest of these Laracon talks. Although it probably won't be today because we're leaving town to go visit family. So, uh, looks like yeah, maybe I mean, this weekend at night. Yeah. I don't know. I still, yeah, there's a few that I still want to catch up on. Um, yeah, the inertia wine and stuff, but yeah, there's a lot of good ones. Jake Bennett's state machines talk was good too. I don't know. I really want to watch that one. I really want that in particular. That was a cool one because that's not like there was some hot new tech. He was showing off this thing that was more like, Hey, did you guys know about this pattern that, you know, I mean, I have already, I've already, I've already kind of learned a little bit about state machines in the past, but he just had a really good code example and just went through, uh, he had some good diagrams and I don't know. There's a lot of really good talks there. It was a, it was a, it's a really cool Laravel. The Laravel community is a really cool, diverse community, and all the talks were good, and they were all sort of like a, they had a different vibe going for them. So, oh yeah, th- there was the yeah. tech talks and the non-tech talks. It was good, but we well, missed you. Well, thank you, <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, obviously, miss being there. Uh, in hindsight, made the right decision, but I doesn't mean I don't still have FOMO about it a little bit because you know. I was really looking forward to hanging with my friends and eating a bunch of hot chicken. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I get you. Okay. All right. Well, I, we have some topics that we're going to cover in the next episode or two, but that will likely wait until next week at this point. Sounds good, man. This was fun. All right. All right. Thanks. All right. Take care.